Peak Performance Plus presents the Summit Club Podcast, your business roundtable discussion for sales and business leaders with your host, Bill Stats. Hi, and welcome to the Summit Club, a business roundtable. I'm your host, Bill Stats, and I'm with one of our Summit Club team members, John Thane. And as we typically do, our conversation is around a current business subject, a book of some significance, or an interview with a guest contributor. Hi, John. Hi, Bill. Pleasure to be here. Nice day. Nice day for a book review. Uh, every day is a good day for a book <laughs> review, Bill. Come on. Today we'll be reviewing a book published in 1998. Yeah, 1998. Some of you out there weren't even born in 1998. Wow. But very relevant today. Uh, Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. If ever there was a time of moving cheese, uh, this might be it, John, don't you think? 2020, boy. Uh, yeah, moving the cheese is, is uh, probably an understatement, Bill. But what's great about this book is a book can be written in 1928, 1998, you know, 2018. If, if the book is relevant, its relevance tends to work through the generations. Well, and, and it's interesting, too, while, while you were just saying that, the relevancy. In 1998, I'm not sure what triggered Spencer Johnson to write the book. I do know at that time that Johnson & Johnson bought 48,000 copies, uh, one for every one of their employees. I guess they thought there was a lot of cheese <laughs> moving around. <laughs> In 1998. Well, I think as we're going to discuss, part part of understanding the concept is being able to literally anticipate change. Isn't so that the truth? Maybe that's why Johnson and Johnson is Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, and they're they're right now working on a uh, vaccination for COVID-19. So it's it a long come, way from Tylenol, and it can't come soon enough. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so in the in the book on the flyleaf. The note says, an amazing way to deal with change in your work and in your life. And I think for most of us, we could use a little of both right now. So we'll let John set the stage of, uh, of the characters. Well, you know, it's interesting, uh, Bill. Uh, when I read this, and, and I hadn't read it in, in over 20 years, but it all came back very quickly. But there's four key characters here. They're Sniff. They're Scurry. There's Hem, and there's Haw. Let's talk a minute about what the characteristics of each are. Sniff, sniffs out change early. And so could that be a guy like Steve Jobs? <laughs> uh, not only does he sniff out change early, I think he actually comes up with changes that people have never thought about. <laughs> you, you shared a story a little earlier. Oh, jeez, yeah, because he had, part of his leadership team said, shouldn't we do some focus groups or whatever? He said, we don't do customer service. They have no idea what they want. I know what they want. We tell them what they want. So that certainly is a sniff if, if there ever was one. Absolutely. And then we have Scurry. You know, Scurry is quick to action. Scurry just, you know, gets the idea and puts it into work. You, you mean like Richard Branson at Virgin Atlantic? How many businesses has he been in, Bill? I mean, I, I go back to Virgin Records, and then, geez, that was in the 90s. Yeah. 
and and he's reinvented himself and moved in how many different directions since then. He, I don't know that he had people on the SST, but he but he had probably one of the most luxurious flights across across the the Atlantic Ocean, didn't he? I mean, yeah. hot it, and cold running everything. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, certainly uh, Bransom is an example of quick to action. Well. I'll, I'll tee this one up for you. Hem uh, is uh, now you got to understand these characters. They're two mice and two little people, and so Hem uh, he denies and resists change as he or she uh, fears it will lead to worse. Got an example of that? Oh gosh, you know, I remember, and, and you and I have been, you know, around on this planet for quite a while, but as I grew up, Kodak was the company for family photography. Yep. And a blue chip stock, and Kodak was absolutely the standard in their industry. And a lot of younger people out there are probably saying, who the heck is Is Kodak? Kodak? Do you know they were one of the original investors in Disney World? No, no, I didn't realize. Yeah, I think there were only 13... And Kodak, that's how big uh, a profile Kodak had back then. And talk about a company that, you know, denied the changes. I mean, as everything went digital, they yeah. went away from their format. They they just never saw it and never never rolled with the change. I wish I could remember. There's another film company at the time that wasn't nearly of the name of Kodak, but a lot of professionals used it. Um, can't think of it right now but they went on in on the digital side as well as many other kinds of photography type pieces of equipment where Kodak was just like sticking to film that's it you know we're listening to Paul Simon's song Kodachrome there's too many in the boardroom and uh, then you know the last one Haw why don't you roll with that one well you know Haw actually learns to adapt in time and eventually sees that change leads to better things. So, you know, there's probably an interesting example of that, which most people would probably put somewhere else, is, is Jeff Bezos at, at Amazon. Yeah. He started out selling books. Yep. Now it seems like he is dominant in just about every retail category in the world. Does, he, does Amazon sell cars? You know, I don't know, but if they don't, I'm sure it's only a matter of time before yeah. they do. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're probably right. And and the reason for this these metaphors, um, Spencer Johnson's view is that the characters really represent the simple and complex parts of all of us, no matter our age, gender, race, nationality, education, whatever. Um, there are there are folks that sniff out change early. There are those that are quick to action. Some they're in that river in Egypt, that denial thing, where uh, isn't that like the first step in dealing with failure? Is denial? It's like no, this isn't really happening. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, okay, great, um, and the haw. Uh, in some of us where, uh, you know, we, we see the wave 
and it may not we may not be the earliest to see it but we get moving quick and and move to a better place so the maze process that's in the book um, just lays in front of you a way where if you could find your way out um, you'd be able to share the secrets to a better life and along the way there are notes and, and writings on the wall. It's a pretty interesting concept in the book that, uh, that, that they share with these little uh, almost benchmarks to how to get out of the maze of change. You know what's interesting about the maze, and it, it, it really actually came across for me better the second time I read the book, and, and the maze is a lot of different things. It's the organization that you're in. It's the community that you're in. It's the relationship. You bet. That you're in. Uh, we all have multiple mazes in our life, and whether we're sniff, scurry, hem, or haw, and we may di- be different personalities in different mazes. Yeah. But yeah. it's so critical to know who you are or be able to identify yourself when you're in a particular maze. Well, and, you know, to your point, point when you mentioned 2020, what a year, and you think about, like, the first bullet, um, from probably a bad analogy, the first point of handwriting on the wall, change happens. I mean, it's that's reality. Change happens, and you just look at 2020 and think about all the changes. You know, I had gotten to that point in life where, you know, when I was thinking about next steps and finances and things like that, I thought, well, you know, I had seen most things that I was going to see in my life. Boy, has this been an eye-opener. You know, change is constantly happening, and, and that actually really brings us to anticipation of change. Yeah. You know, I really thought I had seen What's most next? things. <laughs> I mean, I, and, and this is one, I don't know how you anticipate it, but the fact is, you've never seen everything, and you've got to anticipate change, even to the point that you're, you're stepping way out of your experience to figure out what that next change could be. I, th- I think it was in this morning's uh, news, a local news station, uh, station showed people dining in a restaurant <clears throat> with a plexiglass enclosure around them and an open doorway for the wait staff to come in and come out of. And it's like it, you could kind of see through this little tiny greenhouse thing that there were other greenhouses in the dining room so everybody had their own restaurant home <laughs> it's like talk about i would never have seen that in my wildest dreams you know that kind of brings to you know with all the changes that have been implemented here in 2020 for our safety and you know the covid 19 pandemic so many of them are for really the next step of this which is monitoring change yeah you know if you social distance if we set up these plexiglass pods and so forth this then allows us to modify uh or pardon me not modify but monitor uh the changes that we've we've made and determine are they working well you think about the the world that we're in professionally we can't uh, we can't have um, conferences with people in a room or around a table anymore. 
nobody will come. <laughs> and we might not even show up. And so, fortunately, we're in uh, an enterprise that's that's digital, that's that's technologically aligned, where we can do the program we're doing right now and share information for many people, and we don't have to worry about some of the risk in sitting at a table and, and talking about different subjects and topics. I mean, I was shocked when my clients, I started probably in mid-March, saying, you know, um, you can't come in anymore. <laughs> it's like, and it's not just you. <laughs> Nobody can come in. Our people aren't going to come in. And so everybody started working from home. And I don't know. Well, I think what you're really talking about here, Bill, is adapting to change. Yep. And yeah. those companies that have adapted to the environment that we're in are the ones that not only are going to survive, but are going to be much stronger going forward. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example. There's a great Mexican restaurant in our neighborhood, and most of their seating was inside, although they had a large outdoor seating area. They also had a large parking lot out in the back. They landscaped their parking lot and made it festive with lights and plants and, and you name it. And all of a sudden, even though they lost 100 seats inside by converting their parking lot and using their existing outdoor seating, they managed How to crazy. maintain their 100-seat capacity. And their business actually improved because they were one of the few restaurants in the area that adapted to it's, change quickly and effectively. And it's and the way some of the states have responded, and it's not editorializing, some differently than others, businesses have had to adapt in different ways in different time frames. And sometimes it's, okay, we're going to adapt one way, and then we find out, well, that doesn't work, and so we have to go back to the way it was, and then the next step forward might look entirely different again. So, and you, you, you talk about some of the challenges. Uh, even within states, you would have cities with certain protocols, counties with different protocols. Yeah. The governor calling for altogether different protocols. So, you know, it's been tough, especially, you know, when you look at multi-unit operators who have a number of outlets within yeah. a state or a region having to deal with all of the protocols. Whoa. But adaptability has been the key to survivability here in 2020. You know, and you think about um, you're going to have mis missteps. You know, you're going to adapt and you're going to find out maybe it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. So, you, again, you have to be willing to adjust that to get real change, to get the change that kind of is sustainable. Um, what do you do with staffing and stuff when sometimes your changes affect them one way or the other? I mean, there are restaurants now that are opening up other rooms in the restaurant, especially if it's an existing building. All of a sudden now they have second floor room because they can only be operated at a certain percentage. Well, what square footage used to give them a profitable business doesn't now because they have to socially distance the table. So some of them are going upstairs to finish room. And now you have wait staff that's going to have to take 
food up and down the steps and stuff. So it's almost like change is dominoes, you know? We make one, and in many cases, it, it falls against another and another and another, almost like dominoes down the line, you know? I think that comes, you know, kind of in conjunction with attitude. And by yeah. that, I mean enjoy change. Yeah. For a lot of companies out there, rather than just complain about the change, they found ways to incorporate change into their business to not only improve their business, but actually really make themselves feel that they have set themselves up to be a much stronger company in the future. That's when you know you're enjoying change. You know, and to your point, when when HR folks do their research and surveys and stuff, the one thing that they find most critical to attitude from the employee side or contributor side is the fact that they feel that they're being heard, that they make a contribution, and that people want them engaged. And so really change, if done right, strengthens the organization because it gives are you, if you're in the midst of change, are you listening to your people? doesn't mean you have to do everything somebody suggests, but, but the fact that you're listening really is the critical part, I think, uh, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep going. Uh, that last bullet point, handwriting on the wall, is be ready to quickly change again and again. No doubt. Hey, you know, while we have just a, a few minutes left here, Bill, you know, we've talked about the maze and so forth and the change, but what's the cheese? Yeah, a lot of people really need to focus on the cheese. Yeah, what what do you what are some examples of cheese? Is it uh, customers? Money. Is money? Is it products? Uh, is it lack of out technologically innovating your competition? Is that the cheese that you're looking for? Security happiness. Again, it all depends on yeah. what the maze is. Yeah. Is it an organization, a relationship? But uh, one thing we do know, and, and you know, having cheese makes us happy. It does. And, and I guess, you know, maybe a closing thought is we really want to move with the cheese, not kind of, okay, we've got the cheese, and then we keep doing whatever else we're doing before you know it, the cheese has moved again. So you really have to be vigilant. and uh, got to keep looking for new cheese. And look for new cheese, um, whatever that is. Um, it's safer to, to stay in the maze, but you're going to be cheeseless, you know. Yeah, you have to figure out a way out, and old beliefs don't necessarily lead you to new cheese, so... Anything else? No, I guess you know one of the things that's been interesting for me is now when I look at a lot of different mazes, whether it's my business or goals or whatever it is that I'm trying to work myself through, I try to identify where 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 am I? Who am I here? You know, <laughs> which character am I? Am I Sniff? Am I Scurry? Am I Hem? Or am I Haw? See, and it's funny because I'm sitting here and looking out the window and it's a beautiful day and thinking of golf and you and I play golf together. And so for me, it's, it's not significant, but 
the, the cheese that moved for me uh, represented the fact that I had to buy a five wood because I couldn't hit the club that I was using as far as I used to be able to hit it. And the new cheese was move with technology and the different kind of strategy to get that cheese that I wanted, which was a good golf shot. I've seen that shot, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm going to have to find some of the cheese that you found in that five <laughs> Well, thanks for listening today. And don't forget to check out the summitclubpodcast.com website for other episodes. There's a lot of them up there covering a variety of business issues and ideas. Keep in mind that the roundtable provides business consulting a little differently now. We do a lot of Zoom calls. Um, we also do business meeting presentations. And now, again, that's changed because we're doing virtual conferencing. Uh, we have marketing resources available and one-on-one coaching as well as team training. So uh, my suggestion is go to the website, leave us your thoughts about your cheese and who might have moved it. And for myself and JT, here's to your climb to the summit. To learn more about the Summit Club podcast, please find us online at www.summitclubpodcast.com. Thanks for listening to the Summit Club podcast, and we'll see you at the top.